Welcome to the Milestones Motivation and Money Podcast, hosted by Angel Radcliffe. Tune in as we discuss finances, success stories, and inspiring vibes that will help nurture growth. Shana, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Angel. I am so excited to have you on and have this conversation about living an authentic life and choosing joy. And from reading your bio, I feel like you're the perfect person to have this conversation with. Before we get into the topic, I want you to share more about you, your background, your upbringing, and really what makes you an expert on this topic. Yes, I'm Shana Francesca, and my background is one, and trigger warning for anybody listening, I'm just going to touch on some topics about abuse and uh, interpersonal violence. So if that's something that's sensitive to you, you could skip past my bio, skip, skip forward a few minutes. I was born into an abusive household and raised inside of an evangelical Christian cult. And my entire environment was one where I was punished for being myself. I was punished for asking questions, being curious. I was punished for not conforming and both inside and outside of the house, right? Because I went to the school that was attached to the church. That was the cult. And then inside of the home, there was abuse that literally encompassed my entire life. And I wasn't really allowed to have non-Christian friends or consume non-Christian anything. My entire world was ideology consumed by very specific ideology. And that does a lot of things to your body and your brain. And I found ways to honor and represent myself and who I might want to become in the world. Before, now we call it vision boarding, but before I even had words for it, I would tear out pictures from magazines at the doctor's office because we were like too poor to have magazines. So I would have to sneak them out of the pages of the doctor's office magazines and bring them home and paste them all up over my walls and write quotes on index cards and, and paste them on my wall and remind myself every day of who I wanted to be and who I wanted to become and what might be possible for myself when I could choose my own life. And really just found in the process um, ways to honor and represent myself. And ultimately that served me when I left the cult at 26 to, to get curious and remain curious about what was possible for myself and, and ultimately become who I am today. Wow. Now, I don't personally know anyone who's been in a very similar situation, such as you, especially when you're discussing the cult, but of course, like different abuse situations and everyone deals with those situations differently, especially when it comes to overcoming something like that, uh, that starts at such a young age. So what do you think the one thing is that helped you overcome that situation curiosity because it isn't because curiosity isn't just one thing and yet it is one thing curiosity allowed me to continually look at the world around me whatever vistas and views i had into a world outside of my own and wonder we are not in charge of it we are meant to be a part of it and live in reciprocity with it but looking at the world around me looking at the people around me just learning, getting books from the library or what, whatever it was. I was just consuming information and consuming the world around me in significant ways in order to foster, I guess, <laughs> to try to find some version of humanity that felt 
connected to me, some version of living that felt humane because I knew the world I lived in was not, I, I could feel it. It wasn't living. It was some version of dying. And so the only way for me to keep going was to get curious about what might be possible and who might be a part of my life moving forward if I could choose those people. You spoke about taking magazines and making this makeshift vision board on your walls, you're like uh, in your bedroom. How do yeah. you feel as though that shaped your mindset and approach towards intentional living? Oh gosh, I still am looking at a vision board right now. I keep it behind my, the, my desk. It absolutely reminded me that there was a whole world I hadn't experienced. There was a whole world of possibility that might look completely different than my own. Because these were experiences and things and places that I had never met or seen or been to. And to me, I was like, it can't be possible that the whole world exists this way. Because I also had access to like television, right? And even though back in the day, our television had a plug that like plugs weren't like fused to the television back in the day. They were like, you could remove them from the back of your television. So my parents would take it with them when they left. But I was such a smart kid that I figured out how to jerry rig it with the plug to a, a radio that didn't fit exactly, but I figured out how to make it work by like shaving down the plastic. <laughs> and so then I had all of this access to this world around me that they were unaware of. And it made me start to question what the world might actually be like outside of my own. So it was really just continual curiosity of, is this how I need to show up in the world? Is this actually love? Is this actually who God would want me to be? That That's amazing. And I love vision boards. <laughs> I have the same mindset and I feel like it does open this door of possibilities and curiosity. It sounds like you used it as more of an escape from your reality. Yeah, it became this starting. It really just became a starting point of if this exists in the world and if it's real, then it became the anchor for my curiosity. And growing up, you were involved in, I, I suppose I want to categorize it as more like arts, like performing yeah. arts and yeah. poetry. Yeah. And yeah. So having, and having been through the experiences of abuse and sounds like more like mindset control, how do you feel as though the arts help you um, process like that trauma? When we look at all kinds of cultures from around the world, dance and music are a part of processing emotion. They're a part of celebration. They're a part of mourning. They're a part of harvest. They're a part of all these different things, aspects of, of the world and life. And so there was so much healing that was able to, not maybe not healing, but processing of what was going on in my life because I wasn't able to heal until I left the both abuse, abusive environments, both my home and the cult. I left them at the same time, but it processed. It was able to move things through my body because trauma gets stuck in our body. It's literally changes our physiology. It changes our body. It's stored in our body. It's stored in our brain. It changes your heart rhythm. It changes a lot of different things. And so by having a whole bunch of different outlets, singing, dancing, performing arts, drama. I directed a play. I choreographed. I did a whole bunch of different things. Of course, they were all centered around the cult, but it still gave me this access to processing because art helps us process. Art helps us to speak. Art helps to point out 
what might be wrong in the world, right? Like artists are can, are often seen as rebellious figures in society, right? Artists are seen as people who have a hand in speaking truth to bullshit and speaking truth to power. And so my body said lots of things that my mouth could never, because if my mouth had said them, I would be unsafe, but my body could say them. My body could bring those emotions into the world. My body could rebel. My body could take up space on that stage, in that dance room, in my wherever it was, my body could take up space there and I could be seen how I wanted to be seen in those moments. And so I think it was a very important means of processing trauma and is now a huge part of the way that I continue to regulate myself and work through healing. Those are really good points. And you think about so many people, there's so many people that are involved in performing arts and different forms of art. And you think of like, where do they get their creativity? I am not a creative person at all. Everyone <laughs> is to, creative. I like that part. <laughs> and so when I meet some amazing people, whether they're artists or dancers or whatever it is, they can sing or they're, they're poetry. Some people like pull from the pain that they've experienced. Yeah. And that's how they're able to create such beautiful art. And of course, not to say that everyone who's in the arts has, has some sort of trauma or something that they're dealing with or something they have to pull out. But I tend to find that people who've been through something are the most expressive people. And it's amazing, like what they end up creating. Yeah, absolutely. Just, I think being alive is uncomfortable. So I don't think there's a person or a being or any life that has ever lived that didn't have some sort of struggle to overcome, even if it was like a, a chick inside of an egg, right? Like there or a plant inside of a seed pushing up through the ground, there's struggle involved in being alive. And so I think that we all have struggle to pull from. And I think that everyone's creative, right? It just doesn't happen to be what we would label as specifically the creative arts. But I think that everyone's creative. Like for you, we just met through this podcast, but you are someone who teaches people and that takes creativity. Learning how to connect to someone's specific way of learning is a process of creation. It's a process of bringing what's in your head into real life. And that is creativity. It's just not the way, not specifically artistic. That's a great way to put it. <laughs> Shana, I want you to talk more about a specific moment or experience in your life where choosing joy played a pivotal role in shaping your authenticity and talk about more of how it really influenced your path towards intentional living and what you're doing today. Yeah, absolutely. I found joy through curiosity. I found myself through curiosity, respect, and accountability. Those are the three as those are three aspects that are foundational to my work. Because when we can't learn anything or even know that there's any version of the world that exists outside of our understanding without curiosity. And curiosity without respect is intrusive, right? And respect without curiosity is uneducated. So curiosity and respect work hand in hand for us to get curious about the world, but also observe the life around us, observe its boundaries, observe the people around us, the animals around us. We have to observe their boundaries. That takes respect. And then accountability 
allows us and empowers us to take accountability for the impact of our actions on the people and the lives being impacted, which without accountability, there is no relationship, right? Without accountability, we aren't interested in being responsible for the harm we have caused. And if we continue to cause harm on the people and the lives around us without taking accountability, that's called abuse. There is no real authentic relationship without it. And it was a process of me connecting to those three things. I didn't have the language for them yet, but it was those things that ultimately helped me to build community around myself. It's so interesting the way the community works as a mirror and shows you aspects of yourself that you didn't know existed and possibilities open up to you. And it's just such a beautiful relationship. And in that is where I found joy, where I could recognize that I could be present to the life I'm living and I could be supported and I could be loved and I am, and I can be present. And in that there's joy. And then for people who are listening, because I know some people are probably listening, they're resonating with your story, they're understanding in the ways that you have overcome some of the adversities that you've experienced. What are some practical tips or strategies that you can share with someone who is wanting to live a more authentic life or walk down this path of choosing joy? If you don't have a library card, get one. <laughs> I recommend just continually feeding your mind. Even if it's 10 minutes a day, even if it's just through an audiobook, I highly recommend just educating yourself. That's the very beginning of it. One of the practices I have in my life is learning three new facts about something new to me. Or my favorite thing is to learn three new facts about something or someone that I have known a very long time. I do this all the time, so much so that several of the metaphors in my speeches have come from my curiosity and learning three new things about plants, animals, et cetera. I always feel as though living authentically involves breaking away from societal expectations and norms. It does. So matter. like plus the, what we see on social media, what do we call, what do you call them? Like the Instagram models. And- yeah. Yeah. Even outside of social media, most people are judging you like, where do you work or where did you go to college? And I feel like if you can break away from that and just stand on your own and own whatever decisions that you're making, you're living an authentic life. For someone who is trying to navigate that, and it's so difficult, like with peer pressure and you think about if you're in corporate America, there's, it's not necessarily a boys club, but it's like, it is a boys club though. (laughs) Okay. Overall it is. (laughs) Most people will build their network and their network is based on, Oh, Hey, where'd you go to college? And if you didn't go to some top tier business school, most people snub their, they're just snubbing you and turning their noses up and it's everyone can't afford to go to Harvard or Yale or whatever it is. You, you go to college where you can go to college. And, and I personally never feel as though just because you went to a top college that you're smarter than someone. <laughs> so that you're smarter than the next person mm-hmm. just means that your family have more money. Correct. For someone who's struggling with dealing with breaking away from that, what advice can you give them? I want to take this moment to let everyone who's listening know I went to college for interior design. No one has ever asked me Right. And I graduated from college in 2007. So it was a very long time ago. And I've been doing the research for my work for more than a decade. And my life has been the thing that led me to this research and this work. No one has ever asked me what I went to college for, or hardly an ever. Has anyone ever asked me what I went to college for or um, what I studied? No one cares. 
And the people who do care, people who would ask you where you went to college and use that to invalidate you are not people or places that you need to be spending time with. You need to be spending time in the rooms with people who want to see you for who you are and want to value you for who you are. You do not need to spend any time in your life convincing people, because you never will, convincing people who are committed to misunderstanding you. Do not waste your energy or your time on that. You talked about your workshops and in some of the work that you're doing. I want you to walk us through a typical workshop that you're hosting. So through my website, they're condensed. I take my workshops and I've condensed them down to 45 minutes, my two main main workshops that would be beneficial to literally everyone. <laughs> I think that's true about all my workshops. I've taken the two main ones and I brought it down to 45 minutes and they currently include uh, a workbook as well, a 33-page workbook that includes also a reading list to help, again, foster people's curiosity, help them to take their education further. There's about four to five chapters, like a recap for each one. And we touch on a variety of topics that support it. So my one main workshop is intentional leadership. The other one is master, mastering intention, designing your life. Um, intentional leadership, that workshop is focusing on curiosity, respect, and accountability as how it applies to our life and our leadership. And mastering intention, designing your life is talking about how do we step outside of societal norms? How do we own who we are? How do we build confidence? How do we connect to the people in the world around us? Um, so they are very symbiotic, but they are only $100, right? So it becomes very accessible for people, for your everyday person, your small business owner, so on and so forth, to be able to have access to the same exact information. Uh, it's obviously very condensed, but it's the same information that I'm bringing to large corporations. And the work that you're doing in these workshops, and I don't want you to give it all away, but how do you guide people in identifying and embracing these elements that will bring them joy? Always make sure that information is actionable and relatable. I'm talking about a concept and then I'm relating it to real life every single time, because that's how we learn. We learn through metaphor, we learn through storytelling. So that's happening in each section. I might also, I typically include like a quote or a poem or something in there, but then I'm directing people to the workbook. And in the workbook at each, each section has a reflection area with additional questions and, and a writing prompt. And then there's also activities. So when you're doing coaching, when you're working with someone and it's more like personal level, how do you guide someone to get past breaking that generational pattern of abuse and creating this path for them to create their own unique strengths and values. Yeah, absolutely. It's about letting the good take up more space in your life. It's about community. So I could start processing what was all the things that were done to me, all the things that I lived through. I could process them to a certain degree on my own. My healing didn't begin until I formed community around myself. <clears throat> That's a really great point. And I know your story is much bigger than this podcast episode. <laughs> I would love for people to connect with you or if they resonate with you to reach out and see maybe how you can help them overcome certain things that they're working on, yeah. whether if it's personally or professionally. And I want to just take a moment just to ask you if there's anything else that you would like to share with our audience today. Just, I know it's hard to be curious in this world. I know that it doesn't feel like there's a whole lot of time, but even if you could just 
look at your yard, sit out back, take a deep breath, watch the sunset. And I don't know, Google gray squirrels or black squirrels, maybe where you live, they're gray where I live. Google, or there's an app actually that you can identify different bird songs. It's like Shazam for birds. And you can learn maybe what birds live around you and learn three facts about them. Getting curious in our everyday life, just taking a few moments, even a few times a week, will open up your world so significantly and change the way that you look at the world around you in ways that you won't even know till it happens. So just get curious because it's, really so necessary. It's really so necessary for us. Thanks for listening. Stay connected with Angel online on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Miss RMBA. That's M-I-S-S-R-M-B-A. Be sure to subscribe and review. Join us next time as we continue to empower you through milestones, motivation, and money.